0: You're listening to the Holistic Neutrophics Podcast, your home for holistic evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Neutrophics Podcast, where we discuss using nutrition to boost your cognition. My name's Eric, and if you are new to the podcast, then please take a second. And remember to subscribe. Of course, if you're enjoying yourself here, you like what you hear, you want to get this on demand, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to the audio, it's right there in your podcast player. If you're watching it on YouTube, it's that little red button just below the video. If you are in fact enjoying the podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave the podcast a five-star review. And if you are someone who is new to this whole wild world of biohacking, nootropics, functional health, and overall supplementation, then head on over to Holistic nootropics.com and download a copy of my free supplement buying guide. This is a fully comprehensive guide that will walk you through ingredient by ingredient on how to find the best quality nootropics and supplements that are being sold on the market today because as most people in the wellness industry knows most supplements out there are absolute hot garbage the supplement industry is a 100 billion dollar industry and i'd say about 99.9 of it gets flushed right down the toilet that's because these supplement companies they try to use cheap fillers and preservatives they kind of cut corners in their manufacturing they're to make the product last longer on the shelves because people don't really want the stuff and it sells slowly you got to keep it fresh and colorful. So they use all of these extra ingredients and sometimes they even test the supplement and they find that the thing that you're buying isn't even in the bottle. So if you want to get only the best quality supplements, nootropics, and health products on the market, then again, head on over to holisticneutropics.com. On the homepage, you can get my free supplement buying guide that will show you the ingredients to avoid uh, to avoid next time you buy supplements, whether it's on Amazon, GNC, Costco, wherever you buy your supplements. Okay, let's jump into today's show with my guest, Brian Grin. This is going to be a hot one. Brian is an intermittent fasting expert, wellness coach, author, human Movement specialist and host of the Get Lean Eat Clean podcast. He is leading the way in the intermittent fasting community as the author of the Simple Intermittent Fasting Journal, along with being the creator of the Intermittent Fasting Certification Certification Course. Brian helps middle-aged men make intermittent fasting simple, doable, and a complete lifestyle change. He trains intermittent fasting certified coaches, and with his over 15 years experience in health and wellness, Brian has developed his fat burner blueprint program. This program focuses on nutrition, meal timing, stress management, sleeping like a superhero and micro workouts. He believes that challenging the body and mind through brief hormetic stressors like fasting, cold, warm therapy, resistance training, and sprinting will help you get your body back to what it once was. Brian, welcome to the holistic neutrophics podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Eric. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I, this is this is such a going to be such a fun conversation because um, intermittent fasting. I like I bought into this hook, line, and sinker um, some years ago. I still do it every day, and I know it's very popular amongst like people in the wellness and uh, wellness community. And I know a lot of people like they hear about it and they try it. Um, and people are loving it. And uh, it's definitely one of those things that it, it's so intuitive, intuitive, it seems so easy, yet, you probably know that people have their share of challenges. So um, I would love to know your origin story. How did you be like, when did you become aware of intermittent fasting? And why did you decide to devote, you know, your really entire, um, you know, health and wellness brand to it?
1: Yeah, so um... Okay. Well, I've been involved in health and wellness, like you said, for over 15 years and uh, really got into it because I was really into resistance training and started coaching uh, individuals through that and realized that diet was so key. And, you know, a client of mine actually got me interested in learning more about fasting because uh, she, her name's Rita, I had her actually had her on my podcast a while back. And she, this was like seven, eight years ago, had a lot of uh, pre-diabetic issues, uh, blood sugar issues, insulin issues. And she introduced me to fasting because she started doing it on her own. She had some, um, she got, oh, should I should say she had a holistic doctor that sort of led her down that path and helped guide her through it. And she just got great results. And I was like, wow, Rita, this is like unbelievable. And I was like really impressed. And so I was like, I got to learn a little bit more about fasting. The only thing I knew about it was like major religions, uh, using it. And so obviously it's been around for decades and I started doing it myself before I started sharing it with clients, because I just wanted to see, you know, what, what it was like. And it was something that, uh, definitely took an, uh, an adjustment period for myself. But I was, you know, my story is actually just learned from a client, which we can learn a lot from our clients. And, and that just led me down the path. And I had great results. Um, just sort of got my body back to where it was like 510 years ago. And I just thought this was such a great tool to use with clients to help them you know, obviously there's a lot of reasons for it, but just to help them either get their body back, their mind back or whatever it is. And yeah, I just sort of ran with it from there. And I started, you know, working with clients and realizing that, you know, is there like a standalone course for for intermittent fasting? And this was, you know, 2017-ish and there really wasn't. Uh, obviously it was becoming a little bit more mainstream. And so, yeah, that sort of led me down the path of creating um, some courses and and the journal and things like that. So,
0: and when you got into it, you know, being that you were already in the wellness space, you, you know, you, you, you know, you kept yourself healthy. You've probably worked with people. You probably were doing a lot of research. What was it to you that really turns you on about intermittent fasting specifically? Because it's not like fasting is kind of one thing, but intermittent fasting, it seems to be a whole other thing. And Um, you know, like what, what was it about that, that really kind of turns you on to it?
1: I think the biggest thing that I liked about the fasting was the simplicity of it. And the fact that it's, you know, it's really black and white, you're either in a fed state or a facet state. And also just the structure of it. I think a lot of people when they want to diet per se, they, it gets complicated, maybe they're counting calories, maybe they're um, going on some type of I don't know, keto diet, or carnivore, or whatever it is, vegetarian, whatever they, they're doing. And it just can get complicated. Sometimes they don't want to meal plan and do things. But I think the flexibility and the simplicity of fasting really drew me to it. Uh, because it was so black and white. And when things are simplistic, people follow them, and they can, and they can get results. So I think, you know, that was probably the first thing that drew me to it.
0: Yeah, and and let me kind of clarify because I I I said that fasting and intermittent fasting are kind of two different things, and and I look at it like that because you know I've done a long fast, you know I've done I can't remember if I think it was five or seven days, I think I did a seven day water only fast, and to me that was fasting. You know, Um, to me I consider like a twenty four hour fast, like that's a fast. You know, forty eight hour fast, that's a fast. I almost feel like like a real fast kind of clicks in about 24 to 36 hours, right? Yeah. Intermittent fasting to me, in the sense that it's like a 16-8 type thing, mm-hmm. almost feels like a well-organized way of consuming mm-hmm. uh, of calorie intake, right? Yeah. Even though, yeah, there there are benefits to it like that. Um, I think it's it's more of an I've had a few other conversations with people on it where it like the idea of it being like an organizational tool, um, for dieting or for just kind of consuming calories throughout the day is where I really see the value in it versus like fasting, which is like, you have to really prepare yourself for a fast.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different, I mean, there's a lot of ways, I guess we can call it, you know, time restricted eating. Um, uh, and then like, I like for you, like five, three or two or three or five day fasts, or I would consider like extended fasts. Um, But yeah, I agree. I think that it's, you know, the mainstream rhetoric of having to eat all the time for energy was like sort of pounded into all of our brains throughout, you know, the last few, whatever few decades, because no one makes money when you fast, right? Uh, There's a Starbucks on every corner, and they want to think that you need to be snacking all the time. I mean, the snack industry itself was probably one of the main reasons why obesity has gotten out of control. So I agree. I think that like a 16-8 is just like a good structured way to go throughout your day. And if you want to call it intermittent fasting, that's fine, or time-restricted eating. But yeah, you know, extended fasts are things that everyone can do, you know, you can, you can work yourself into that, it shouldn't probably be done right off the bat, if you've never done any form of fasting. Uh, But I think it makes sense for as long as you know, you get clearance, I think it makes sense for people to try a little bit of an extended fast, just to, um, you know, take on that additional stressor. But, you know, as you I'm sure you know, you did a seven day fast, That's you know, really, that's impressive. I actually, a woman emailed me, uh, emailed me, I was on a, uh, what's her name? And I was on someone else's podcast. And she started out, she's like, Oh, I did a 30 day fast. And I was like, Oof. So you know, the body and mind, it's, it can, it can, it's amazing what it can do. Uh, just work your way into it.
0: So would you? So, so let me take a step back. When you work with somebody, what are your what's your beginning approach like new client comes to you they hear you're this intermittent fasting coach they've heard of intermittent fasting they have people who've done it they have friends who've done it they've coworkers who've done it they, their coworkers are getting amazing results they want to do it they just don't know how to do it or is this even like how people come to work with you because i'm trying to understand you know and this isn't i'm not trying to be insulting i'm just genuinely curious because like you said fasting it's it is so easy you just gotta not eat, right? So what, is, where does somebody come in to need a coach, or help getting to this point of being able to intermittent fast?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people come to me, because they have a goal in mind, they might not come to me because they, they want to learn how to fast, they just, they have a goal in mind. And then I'll have I'll have tools like fasting, or maybe low carb or whatever that uh, different tools I'll use. And, and, and again, because someone can come to me and they want to lose inches, but they're sleeping like shit, right? So is fasting for them probably not right off the bat. So if they come to me specifically to learn how to fast, I would say that first and foremost, I think it's important to eliminate snacking, I think that would be like a first step. And then, and then from there, one of the other, you know, people are like, Oh, should I clean up my eating, cleaning up your eating would definitely help with the fasting. But either way, I like to sort of say, let's just take one step at a time. Because when you try to do all at once, a lot of times nothing gets done.
0: Mm -hmm. So what's a good strategy then, you know, to help somebody get to that point where they can like stop snacking and eat more clean?
1: Yeah, I would take stock of what they've been doing in the past, right? So um, a lot of times we develop these like, underlying habits that are sort of like un- unconscious, they don't realize they're even doing it half the time. It's like when you go, when you drive, <laughs> you do the same drive, you don't even know how you got to you know work or wherever you're going. So I think it's important to bring those up and see what what kind of habits they have. And then take one thing at a time try to maybe find those low hanging fruits that are that would uh, create the biggest impact for that individual to start getting some wins. And once they start getting some wins, build momentum. So yeah, one of those could be cleaning up their eating, maybe, um, you know, eliminating a lot of the processed foods that they're taking in, perhaps because doing that alone, get them getting them into maybe a more of a low insulin state um, will eventually help them if we start to uh, get them into fasting.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't imagine trying to pull off even like a a 12 hour fast, when your diet is very high in like fruit roll ups and cereal and, you know, (laughs) Uh, ice cream and, (laughs) I forgot about
1: fruit roll-ups. Gosh.
0: Yeah, I I, I had to, I don't know how that just popped in my head. <laughs> I just was like fruit roll-ups. Why not? Yeah. Um, I wonder, you know, it's funny. It's like, sometimes I go to the grocery store and like, I'll just go down the cereal aisle Right. and I'll be like, Oh my, oh. I couldn't imagine if this cereal was around when I was a kid. Um, I forget oh there God. was one and it was just, maybe it was like a new version of lucky charms. I was like, Oh my, I would have lost a foot <laughs> as a kid. If some of these cereals were around.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to be like a cereal addict back in the day. So I I I remember like frosted flakes and I mean this was like in high school, but I used to like live on that stuff. So
0: <laughs> yeah. And people like people don't realize like the trap that cereal is because it's such one of those kind of mindless foods. That I mean, I that was that's all I ate, you know, for a long time. Even right. I mean, into my late twenties mm-hmm. before I really got into this wellness space, not even thinking there was anything wrong. Actually, in fact, thinking there were healthy cereals that I was mm-hmm. eating, you know, like there was a cere- brand
1: or something, yeah, or like a right. Special
0: K, and then they had right. like these Special K like berry things, you know. And you're like, well, it's <laughs> berries, like that's got to be way healthier than Cocoa Puffs, right? Cocoa yep. Puffs on the weekend, Special K berries, you know, Monday through <laughs> Friday, just to keep it clean, you know. Right, right. It's um, funny. But you don't realize you're like, like how come I have like two bowls of that, and then 20 minutes later I'm absolutely starving, and you don't know that it's like, well, this is this is the this is your blood sugar's response to this is mm-hmm. your metabolism's response to this kind of food, so you're always going to be hungry.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, those foods are meant to be highly palable, high, highly palatable foods, and just yeah, create more hunger so you can keep eating.
0: Yeah, and when you're eating those, I mean. Like I said, having a tw- even a twelve-hour fast, you know, having going without like munching something before you go to bed, and then just eating something like right when you wake up, like it's it's almost impossible to avoid that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: Yeah, I've I, it's interesting because I've I've done like an intermittent fast. Like, let me ask you this before I jump into my story: What mm-hmm. is your preferred style of intermittent fasting? Because I know there's a lot of ways you can do this. Sixteen eight seems to be like the the one that's the most popular, but um, like, w- what do you do on your end?
1: Well, I'll just say this, my preferred style of fasting for clients or any style that fits into their lifestyle that they can do consistently. So I, I will say, there's two guidelines, I would say that everyone should follow. And then from there, you can sort of pick your window. One is I wouldn't eat right when you get up, uh, let cortisol rise, uh, you know, let your, your let your body sort of wake, Same thing with coffee. I would wait, and then uh, don't eat too too close to bedtime. So, like those would be like the two rules of thumb I would start with. Once you have those like bumpers on the side of your days, then you know what is what is going to be the most consistent and like um, easy to follow for you. And if you say, yeah, I love eating breakfast and lunch, okay. And let's go with it. That might even actually be more beneficial. There are some studies showing that if you're eating earlier in the day as opposed to eating at night, like a dinner, that you know, you're more insulin sensitive and um you're able to uh just handle the food better. And there's other people who, you know, like the most popular one, like you talk about 16-8, which a lot of people do lunch and dinner because dinner is just like a customary thing and they have it with their families and things like that. So that's what I will say. I mean, you want to know my routine or yeah. yeah, I mean, my routine has changed through the year. So Um, right now, I would say that I do a fast through about like right now, I haven't had anything I worked out, I'm gonna have I usually do a workout. So I'll just say this, my fasting hours are my eating hours are between about two and 630. So i have about a four and a half hour window, I usually have two meals. Uh, Before I have my first meal, I usually work out. I enjoy working out in a fasted state. And, and then I'll break after that, maybe not like right after I'm done, but maybe hour or so after have a little something, and then I'll have one more meal, uh, around like five, five thirty, with early bird special. Um, and so that is my current routine, but it's changed through the years. And and sometimes it changes week to week, you know, depending on the day, if I, if I feel like, um, if maybe I'm, I have a less active day, Uh, Maybe I'll fast longer if I'm more active. uh, And I feel I just my body feels like having three meals. Sometimes I'll do that. But on on, for the most part, that's what I'll do consistently right now.
0: And do you have anything because I've noticed I've had a few conversations on here to people. um, And I've just kind of heard, you know, through other interviews, you know, like, uh, and I find this style interesting, which is like you have people who will do kind of like a regular daily thing, whether it's like, 168 or 17, what's it, 17, 7 or whatever it is, right? 24 or whatever. And and by the way, for those who aren't familiar with intermittent fasting, when I'm saying 16, 8, I'm saying 16 hours fasted, eight hour eating window. So um, you know, I I live in this bubble where, you know, I I believe everybody knows the things I know. So like right. if I say 16.8, everyone's like, oh yeah, 16.8, duh. But like some people might not know what that is. Um but I do know there are people who like to do this thing where they'll do like a 16, eight daily thing, or maybe even like a 15, nine. Um, but then like once a quarter or, or once every three months or four months or whatever, they'll do like a, uh, 48 hour fast or 72 hour fast. Um, you know, or once a month they'll do like a 24 hour fast or something or 36 hour. Um, do you do anything like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I do. I like to mix it up from time to time. Um, I'll do, yeah, I'll do probably every two months, two to three months. I'll do like a, maybe like around a 48 hour fast. Um, I'd like to, I know you talked about seven. I, I have done, you know, I've done fasting long enough that I would like to do a little bit of a longer one, maybe a three or five day, probably, probably won't go much past that, but you never know. It's like, you know, you never know until you get in it, but, Yes, I like to do perhaps maybe a two or three day fast every quarter, I would say. And I usually try to find a time when, you know, I'm busy and there's, you know, it's just, there'll never be a perfect time to do a two or three day fast. But it's, it's one of those things where I do try to find times when I'm busier, and maybe I'm I'm even less active, and I'm just going on walks and doing stuff.
0: Yeah, and I should say, like, when I did my seven day fast, like, I would not recommend that. To anybody <laughs> to be honest, um, and I have heard the people who do like 21 day fast, 30 day fast, you know, like, yeah, it's I, I,
1: I think, unless you need some major healing, right? Like, and also, too, I would say if you're like Not underweight, but you know, you yourself look fairly lean. You probably don't need to push past much more than a five. You know, Uh, um, if someone is, you know, let's just say morbidly obese, you know, maybe, and they need some healing, obviously get some guidance with um, a health professional. But um, then maybe an extended fast of a few weeks might be a you know a huge thing for them. I know there's facilities that help guide you. There's one I I watched some of their YouTube videos. I think they're out of. I want to say like Germany or something. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name right now, but they do so a I think lot. True, True North maybe. Well, I um I don't I can't think of the name of it. Uh, um, I can probably find that out. But either way, yeah, I would definitely get some guidance if you're doing an extended one. But yeah, I think for the most part, um, you know, a two three day fast every quarter is not a bad rhythm to get in to.
0: Yeah, I think two to three days. Um, I feel like th- that's the sweet spot. Um, you know, when I did my seven day it, I really shouldn't have done it. You know, I was a, I was a vegan actually at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was about 10 pounds under like what's now my normal weight. Yeah. And I just thought that was like my normal weight. And then I did the the seven day and I dropped another, I think 12 pounds. Or I mean, right. I was a rail and um, I felt pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it, I felt good where it was like, Oh, this is, this is interesting.
1: Right. About
0: like the fifth day or so I like, I felt my liver bumping up against my ribs yeah you know and it was so weird it didn't hurt it was just kind of a weird feeling where i'm like i don't think you're supposed to feel your liver (laughs) i think evolution figured that out where it's like do we really want to be able to feel our liver or -hmm. our kidneys or any of these organs that are like protect no we shouldn't do that and seven day fasting brought me to that um i was emaciated and i would not again i would not recommend that for most people, but I think, like you said, under the careful supervision of a professional, um, if you have that to lose, I didn't have it to lose, but right. I think if you have it to lose, you can go for it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be okay. You're, you're the, the crazy thing is, is that when you get to the end of it, whether it sucked or whether you loved it, you realize you can do it. Right. You're going to be okay. So um, that was my lesson. But I, I would, I feel like two to maybe four days at the most is a good spot to be in.
1: I agree. I agree with all that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, uh, it's something that I think you should try just doing intermittent fasting for a few years. And then if you feel like, you know, you want to sort of push it a little bit and you know, it's something you've gotten used to, then, then yeah, I would, I would, you can go for it.
0: Yeah. So when you, um, when you're doing intermittent fasting, have you noticed in yourself or in other clients, have you noticed anything like, um, uh, like any kind of side effects from it, mm. any kind of negatives to it?
1: Well, you know, sometimes when people start out, they might get some headaches, you know, they'll obviously experience some hunger. These are normal side effects. Sometimes people perhaps might not go to the bathroom as much. Obviously you're not eating as much. Uh, so sometimes people can feel a little run down in the beginning got to make sure that, you know, you're, you get some electrolytes, some salt um, in as well. I think that's important. So, yeah, I mean, they might have some sort of like your body sort of going through this adjustment period, which could take, um, you know, could take a few weeks to get into that, but nothing other than that, you know, and I look at those things that, for example, like hunger hunger really is a lot in the mind right psychological and it comes and goes these hunger waves and so you can do little things tips and tricks like sparkling water or warm beverage that can really help you get through those times even even some black coffee so there are ways to sort of get around that and um you know it's one of those things just it's like anything it's like a fasting muscle right you know you first start working out you're gonna be probably sore as ever and then As you've worked out for a year or two, you're like, oh, this is not the biggest deal. I'm gonna actually, I can actually do more. I mean, fasting is a stressor on your body, right? So you don't necessarily want to, don't have to overdo it. You could just, it's a tool that you have. And it's a great tool because if you're traveling or or if you are at a place and you're like, God, I don't want anything here, (laughs) you can keep going. And I, so I think it's a great thing to have just for the flexibility of knowing that you don't need to eat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my favorite thing to do is to fast while I travel, you yeah. know, avoid all that airport stuff, you know? Right. Um, sometimes I'll bring like snacks. I, I just hate like bringing snacks on a plane, you know, or eating yeah. snacks on a plane. We, uh, I was traveling this last summer and my wife is big into like packing just so much food to bring, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, but like, we don't mess around. Like she brings salads, to bring on the plane, like sardines. I know that's like a big Mm -hmm. paleo thing, but Mm -hmm. man, there's nothing more off-putting than sardines on a plane. Oh gosh, I Um, don't know if
1: I would do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Pair that with some hard boiled eggs and you are Uh, the worst person on a plane. And there's no explaining like, oh, but it's omega-3s and choline and good protein. Like nobody cares, right? They're like, shut up, eat the pretzels, be normal. And we got stuck on a tarmac for like, no joke, five hours. And we were like, what do we do? And they had no food on the plane. So we just are eating like our hard boiled eggs. And there was just so many levels of hate towards us. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. But um, (laughs) otherwise, yeah, like on a plane, like to me, that's the best place to fast in an airport, Mm -hmm. the best place to fast, Um, just traveling. And if you, if you, like you said, work your way into some, a good intermittent fasting routine. It's almost like you're playing with house money at that point, you know, because you're like, yeah, I'm just going to, it's not like being at home where you're like, I know where all the snacks are. I can just go get those snacks or at your workplace. You're like, I have this drawer full of candy. You know, there's a there's the vending machine, there's the cafeteria, I can just go get that. It's like, you're on a plane and they got no food or no food that you want. And mm-hmm. so you can just kind of let that go. And you're like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not even think like, give me a water or sparkling water and I'm
1: good to go. Yeah, no. I mean, traveling is, is is a perfect time to do fasting because a lot of the options are just. I mean, especially if you're just eating, who wants to? Eat? I don't even think they give you plain food much unless uh, you're sitting first class. And 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 if you're not, they're giving you pretzels and cookies. So, it's not yeah. worth it.
0: Yeah, and you see those cookies, you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so, like, what? Uh, as far as as far as like working out while fasted, you know, and building muscle, is there a component of fasting that can be counterproductive for muscle building and strength training, you know, cause I, I should say, I'm like you, I actually enjoy working out fast. I used to do it all. I don't do it so much anymore, but I actually enjoy working out fasted. Um, but I don't know if it's one of these things where you actually, your body starts using the muscles and degrading, you know, through gluconeogenesis, the protein and the, and the, um, you know, and the muscle itself as fuel. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would say it's a, it's a common question. And I would say for the most part, working out fasted is I think a great way to go. I think you can mobilize your fat stores and will it affect your lift? I mean, for most people, I don't really think it will. I mean, it depends on the individual. If if you really want, if you, you know, if, if you're talking about someone who's doing it for a living, you know, maybe you, you do want to have something before you you're doing a two-hour workout in the gym and you're you're building for a, a competition you have coming up. But that's not everybody, right? That's a small percent of the people. So I would say for most people, you can definitely work your way into into fasted workouts, and it shouldn't really affect muscle gain. Um I mean, eating after your workout, do you need to do that not even necessarily you know there's studies showing that you have a two day window of like an anabolic window, so uh, that protein stays it that you can create muscle protein synthesis now if you're built if you're really in this state of i want to build, 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 then yeah, maybe you should have three meals a day or four meals a day and really emphasize protein and and uh get yourself. Uh, you know, the most bang for your buck when it comes to muscle building. But I think for most people who want to just, you know, build muscle and, you know, feel great, I think that, you know, you don't have to be so caught up on the nuances and the the minutiae of, oh, I need to, I need to stimulate muscle protein synthesis four times because that's the most efficient way to build muscle. So I guess, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I would say it depends on the individual and their goals. But I think for the most part, Working out in a fasted state is more than doable. And if they want to break their fast a few hours after, that's great. I would say, you know have a quality, quality whey protein um or you know just a meal solid meal,
0: yeah, i I, I again, like I actually haven't noticed really much of a drop off yeah. lifting or working out fasted versus not fasted. I almost feel like maybe I'm a little stronger when I'm uh going in there fasted. I don't know how that works. I don't like to work out with food in me or at okay. least like recently in me. Um, but there is like that, that fear that you're like, is my body, okay. My body burns through its glycogen stores. Okay. And then what's it going after, after that it's going after fat for sure. But is it also going after, you know, my, my, my amino acids, my muscle stores, you know, is it breaking that down and using that for fuel?
1: I mean, fasted exercise can, you know, what it can do as a positive, it can mobilize your stored energy, you know, glycogen fatty acids, as well as ketones for use during the workouts. So I, you know, you're not going to like catabolize yourself. You know, I know some people who might even might have a little bit of um, essential amino acids, you know, as they're working out or just right before um, just to, you know, pump that up, like get some leucine in you, which is important for muscle building. So you can go use that. But I think for the most part, unless you're like, trying to build for a competition, I don't think you're going to catabolize much and and um, and affect, you know, your strength. I mean, I've been doing fasted workouts for the last couple of years and I do DEXA scans and I've put on muscle, you know, so it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's more than doable.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, and then how about with hormones, you know, because uh, you hear this kind of thing where it's like intermittent fasting is, good for hormones. I just don't understand how, and specifically, how does it affect testosterone? Because I've heard it go both ways.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, for the most part, it can have a a positive effect in the sense that like insulin, obviously hormone insulin uh, will will go down. The fastest and most efficient way to get insulin down is through fasting, right? Um, and a lot of times, people who are maybe overweight or not metabolically healthy or it, are insulin resistant and and you know all foods raise insulin, right? So the most effective way to reduce insulin is to uh, do some type of fasting. Now, there's been some studies mainly on animals, or rats, regarding growth hormone, right? So growth hormone has been shown to actually um, go up through fasting, and nor adrenaline levels also increased. So you have plenty of energy, because if you think about it, back in the hunter gatherer days, right? If you know, they were hunting for food, and sometimes this would be days, and we wouldn't survive as a species, if suddenly we just broke down because we had not, you know, nothing to sort of um, get through our times of famine, we would actually have more energy, you know, that that, you know, so I think, you know, the body, the body, I think revs itself up due to this lack of food, there's not this metabolic shutdown. Um, And there's been proof showing that 48 hours of fasting actually can increase your metabolic rate. There might be a a time where, like you said, if you go for maybe a prolonged period where there might be a little bit of a metabolic shutdown. But for the most part, um, I think fasting and their hormonal adaptations makes it, beneficial to most people and different than just calorie restriction.
0: So with the with the idea of growth hormone because the way i understand it and please correct me if i'm wrong correct me if i'm right is that when you when you when you repress insulin that allows growth hormone to rise and then it's the growth hormone that helps with the protein muscle synthesis that, that does all these things. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not even really sure what growth hormone does. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that kind of whole hormone cascade.
1: Yeah. Gr- gr- I mean, growth hormone, um, well, insulin goes down. Um, and that helps you also get into Using ketones for energy, right? Um, ketosis. I had Doctor uh, Diagostino, uh, who's like the keto keto guy. And although he he doesn't eat strict keto, he actually has to like a high protein. Which you're seeing trends more of this is instead of like this moderate protein, right? Let's let's up the protein uh, a little bit more because it's such a sh- satiating nutrient. Um, but growth hormone, for one thing, it's it it growth hormone secretion decreases with age right? And, it, and growth hormone helps preserve muscle mass and bone density. Um, so like the one study I'm referring to, there's a five-day fasting period where growth hormone secretion more than doubled while in a fasted state. Um, so they were able to maintain muscle and bone tissue over this fasting period. So your body will hang on to that. Um, so essentially, you know, studies of long-term fasting or studies of intermittent fasting prove that the fasting strategy Um, You can you do preserve lean mass, you might lose a little bit of it, but your body's going to want to hang on to that just for survival. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, growth hormone is, you know, it's it's it's, it can be a tricky thing. And we all wish we had more. (laughs) But but there are some studies showing that, you know, fasting can help sort of up uh, growth hormone instead of obviously as we age and counteract as we age, because it does it will steadily decline.
0: Right. So, so basically the idea then is that when you fast, you keep your insulin low, your insulin, that's going to stimulate the growth hormone. The growth hormone is going to help keep your, you know, it is, it's, it's maintaining your bone density. It's maintaining your metabolic state. Um, All these yeah. different
1: things. Yeah, for the, yeah, exactly. Like your, your body is effectively the goal You know, when you fast, so your body, when you get into a low insulin state, your body can use its stored energy, which is fat, which is our, you know, and and, and it's not so easy to get there, you have to get your insulin down to do that. So we're almost using our own bodies, our own fat stores as a source of energy. That's why I think there's a lot of people getting away from this super high fat, you know, energy dense diets that is like pure keto and they're bringing that fat down a little bit. Like I had Dr. Ted on who talks about, you know, his protein energy, you know, ratio and, um, or his diet. And so he talks a lot about, you know, sort of that balancing act between, you know, protein and not having. So this, this too high state of, of fat, because you eventually, you know, you want to use your own fats for energy, not necessarily just always ingest them.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so then with intermittent fasting, is this is this all working with like if you're doing 16 hours fast if you're doing 15 hours fast like when does this benefit click in
1: yeah that's a good question and i think it's all dependent on the individual and it also depends um how active that individual is you know you, you always hear about autophagy and cell cleansing like when does that kick in no one really knows right no one really knows uh so i would say that and and also one way to sort of see where you're at is to t- is to measure your ketone levels. There's a few ways to do that either through breath or and I'm not necessarily an expert on that. I D'Agostino was getting into the nuances of all that, but you can measure it there's a few different ways to measure through your breath or through blood. and I've done blood tests to see where my ketone levels are. but also too, those are your ketone levels are dependent on your insulin levels so and, and on your glucose. So if, if glucose is pretty low, you you can, you're pretty much, your ketones will be getting up there. So as far as get, knowing if you're starting to get into ketosis and using fat for energy, you can measure that and see, well, you know, how long am I going to be in a fasted or low carb state that I can actually get into this? And, um, you know, a lot of times some people like to use exogenous ketones to sort of get help as well. So, but it, it it's sort of a case by case basis, really.
0: Do you ever see like a rebound effect um you know because i've heard with long term keto specifically um you can actually make yourself more insulin insensitive because d- the idea is if you if you keep the insulin receptors on your cells um inactive for too long then they almost kind of forget how that properly used and then they can't use um, insulin and glucose properly. And you can you can kind of like kind of reverse the benefits of it. And I'm wondering if intermittent fasting is kind of the same way where you can almost intermittent fast or fast too much to where your body kind of starts to metabolically shut down just because you're not properly utilizing um, your insulin for what it's supposed to be used for.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I will say that you know, for the most part, you know, chronic long-term ketosis is probably not necessary for most people. Thinking back to my interview with Diestino, you know, he, he, he mentions just going with periods where you come out of it and then go back in it. So I don't think you need to be in this long-term ketogenic state uh, unless you're using it perhaps maybe for like brain health. I know there's some, there's a lot of good research behind being um in ketosis uh with you know um optimizing brain health and for people with seizures and things like that. That was when it was first developed. Um and they're still doing a lot of research around that. So with that being said, yeah, I think being metabolically flexible is probably being able to to come in and out of different um sources of energy, which would be you know using um your, you know, Using glucose, excuse me, glycogen for energy, and then using ketones for energy, and coming in and out of that. Um, So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, and with fasting, yeah, of course, you don't want to overfast; it's a stressor. Like for example, I I do cold plunging, and you know I I work out and I do fasting. I but I but I try to monitor it, not overdo it, because with all this stuff, you want you want sort of a bit of a balance.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. So are there any intermittent fasting cheat codes? You know, like, um, for instance, uh, you know, are there any supplements per se that can help with an intermittent fast? Are there any nutrients like you were saying salt? Salt is important when you're doing a, like a longer fast for electrolyte balance and these sorts of mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, are there any, is there any like nutrients specifically that you can take? or things you can do, like would a cold plunge help or a a sauna help um, that can really amp up the benefits of an intermittent fast?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, workouts can definitely amp it up. But, you know, with fasting, if if you need help, like with your fasts, I would say that like, is that sort of what you're asking? Like things that will help you get through fasts? Uh, No,
0: I mean, no, not actually. I'm I'm actually asking like, because I'm gonna ask you that specific question here next. But um, (laughs) like, are there cheat codes that can that can amp up the benefits, you know, like, um, for instance, like would an NAD precursor like NMN or NR or something help your mitochondria, like boost your mitochondrial health, boost your NAD production, because fasting, um, you know, might boost your mitochondrial performance, you know, um, would like, uh, like a magnesium supplement help with, um, you know, kind of glucose utilization, B6 supplement or something like that help, you know, these sorts of things that, that you've seen or maybe heard in your own work that help kind of amplify the benefits of the intermittent fast itself.
1: Yeah. You know, this is a good question. I'm not a supplement expert, but I will say that, um, C8 MCT oil is a big one that comes up a lot. And this is in a lot, this is coming up in a lot of products, um, along with um, you know, these ketone supplementations. And and, and again, again, there's a lot of junk out there, like you talked about. So you want to make sure you're getting it from a right from a correct source. But I'm trying to think of the name, I just got one that Diagostino mentioned. Uh, but either way, you can use those to, to help amplify the, the fast or help get you in ketosis. Um beta BH beta hydroxybutyrate
0: hydroxybutyrate right yeah yeah
1: right so so yeah so I'm definitely you know putting putting I've done a little bit of MCT oil in like a coffee and I can definitely tell the difference there um and it probably gets my ketone levels up a bit so yeah that there's definitely some I'm not an expert in supplements but that one sticks out as one that keeps coming up
0: yeah interesting so okay so that brings me to my next question this is actually um this is actually what I really want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. So what breaks a fast? Um, mm-hmm. Cause I've, I've actually written a little bit about this. I've researched, done some research into it and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Um, so I'm going to kind of like, we don't have to go rapid fire, um, mm-hmm. but I'd love yeah. to, I have several specific things I would love to know if you know if they break the fast. So the first okay. one is coffee. Will coffee break your fast?
1: Okay, well, I'll keep it simple. Anything with caloric value breaks a fast hypothetically, but it depends on your goals. And I would say coffee, if you just want to say black coffee, I will say no, I will say no, because there's really no caloric, there's maybe minimal calories in a black coffee. And I think a lot of people can use it as a tool to help get them through fasts. You know, if you're really sensitive to caffeine, just be careful with that. You know, I wouldn't have it later on in the day. So I would say black coffee is a no.
0: Does not break the fast. But does it boost autophagy?
1: I've heard, you know, and that's that's a again. I think the measurement around what stimulates autophagy is still sort of being is is like this unknown thing. Um, but I have heard that it 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 could actually help st- stimulate autophagy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know, like, because I, I haven't looked into autophagy enough to really understand yeah. it. From what I understand of it, it's it's happening all the time. Right. So I don't know like when people say, well, we could boost autophagy, if they really even understand what they mean by that, because I think we think like coffee might, because we think like caffeine, well, if my whole body's like got more energy, then my cells are gonna have more energy and they're gonna start burning all the old cells faster. And I don't, I don't know if that's how that necessarily
1: works, you know? Yeah, no, I know that, you know, you, I, I, I think down the line, they'll be able to sort of get a, a hold on, on how long it takes and, and, um, um, you know, what, what breaks it, what might stimulate it, but yes, you're right. I mean, your body's cleaning out damaged cells and regenerating new, healthier cells as you know, as we speak, but to get to that point, not feeding yourself, cause that's a big energy depleter. Um, Will help you get into you know the cell cleansing earlier, and probably doesn't probably takes I would say at least a uh, eighteen hours at least of fasting to start getting into some autophagy or quicker than normal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, okay, so herbal teas.
1: Yeah, non non sweetened non flavored teas are are good. Are are I think are good on a fast. Okay. Yeah.
0: How about bulletproof coffee? Well, that breaks a fast,
1: yeah. You think so? Yeah, that breaks a fast because you're you have butter, right? You have butter. You do probably have some MCT oil in there, but again, these are like fasting training wheels. I think you know. I think for people who are getting into it, they're like, oh, I just need something. You know, I need something in the morning, and they're just like, I don't, don't want to do black coffee because they can't handle it for some reason you know, then they maybe want to add a little something. They could add a little MCT oil and add a little uh, butter and give that a try. Yeah. Have you, do you drink Bulletproof coffee? I don't, I've like tried it. it. doesn't do much for me and I just don't feel like making it. And I'm not like the biggest coffee drinker. So I usually do just like, a, a like I'll, I'll make my own cold brew and, and just have that from time to time. But I don't really like warm coffee. So
0: interesting.
1: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not a warm coffee. Yeah.
0: Yeah the uh, the the bulletproof coffee thing is so interesting because it's built off of the whole bulletproof brand which is very as far as I'm concerned very like pro keto right. pro you know like intermittent fasting I mean Dave Asprey me, wrote a whole book about fasting for instance but I don't know I don't think it does like I'm with you I don't I don't think it maintains I don't see how it can maintain a fast it's like full of if you do like the full bulletproof coffee it's like mct oil butter or ghee and right. like collagen and at some point, one of those things, I, I would imagine it's at least the collagen. I would imagine you start throwing the butter around too. Like that's gotta, like you can't put that in your body and not break a fast.
1: Right, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree.
0: Yeah, but people are thriving off of it. So, I mean, you know, what can you say? Um, you, sorry, did I cut you off? No, no, you're
1: good, you're good. No, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: so the last one, um, mm-hmm. non-caloric sweeteners. So like a stevia or one of these kind of like uh or monk fruit or something do any of those break a fast
1: oh it's a good one so um you know the company element uh rob wolf and they have uh they have these sweeteners or excuse me they have these salt tablet not tablets but powders and there's an unsweetened one and then they got the sweetened one so with stevia I mean, hypothetically, there's no, you know, like monk fruit, I don't believe there's right any calorie content in that. So I would say that doesn't break a fast. But sometimes when you have something sweet like that, it sort of stimulates, like your, your system, your digestive system, and like your, your need to to have more of that. It's almost like these, like the whole like diet Coke um, and like aspartame, like it just it, it 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 sometimes will induce hunger. So I think you got to be careful with these sweeteners like stevia and monk fruit. There can be good from time to time. But what might happen is it might stimulate some hunger. And that will lead to just you want to break it that much quicker.
0: Interesting. So you're yeah. you're not taking the route of those sweeteners themselves break the fast, but they 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 kind of wet your palate enough to make you want (laughs) to break the fast.
1: They can, yeah. For yeah, you know, I mean, if you want a good one, another one is apple cider vinegar. You -hmm. know, um, that is like there's there's you know the the motherboard or whatever. (laughs) Then though, you know, um, I forgot the name of the brand. I'm like drawing a blank, but that one's a good one to to, to brags. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's a good one to to mix with some water. Don't eat that plain. Don't try that. Don't drink that plain.
0: That's tough. Yeah. So so you're saying the apple cider vinegar does not break the fast.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: Interesting. Not what the, about not lemon? The no
1: calorie one.
0: What about lemon juice? Like a like a like from a lemon, not from like a bottle. No,
1: I think you're good there. You're good there. Um, you know, and and I think all this nuance is, um, you know, they, it can sort of go, I don't think you need to get so crazy. I think in general, you know, if you have less than a, I, yes, do calories break a fast? Yes. But unless like you're maybe trying to achieve this ultimate level of autophagy, I think it's, I think it's, if you want to have from coffee from time to time and tea from time, that's great. But I think if you're going to do like a three day fast or something like this, I would personally, if I'm doing a three or four day fast or whatever, I would just stick with water and salt. Mm -hmm. if you're going to do it, do it. Right. (laughs) But if you're from day to day, if you want to have something, you know, go for a black coffee or unsweetened tea. Um, If you want to add, you know, if someone's starting out and they want to add a little cream, uh, yes. Are they breaking their fast? Yes. But you know what? It's not like, (laughs) you know, I think when we get caught up in all these details, like it just, some people you could just go crazy a little bit, you know, it's like, so, but I mean, these are good questions because these are common questions that come up. Yeah. Abs-
0: I, and th- they drive me crazy too. Cause you know, you want to do it right. You know, you start you, when you get into this wellness space, it, it is a drug and it's like almost, it brings out the worst side of your OCD mm-hmm. where like, I live my life based on these crucial questions. Like will lemon water break my fast? Right. Will apple cider vinegar break my fast? Um, I'm living my life based on timers. Like I'm setting timers for things like, okay. I mean, I was doing this one regimen with, um, uh, it was this biocidin. I don't know if you've know biocidin, um, but it's like a botanical, um, it's, it's like botanical. So it's like, uh, the whole protocol was built to like, stabilize your gut flora and kill off parasites and bacteria and these sorts of things. But it involved like the botanical itself involved another botanical product involved like several botanical products, plus a binder, plus a probiotic, and all of it had to be done within like, take this, then take this 30 minutes later, then take this an hour later, then take this two hours later, but not a half hour within the time you eat. And I have the same thing with intermittent fasting where it's like, okay, I'm done eating at seven. Now I have to wait till 11 the next day to eat. And it's like, there's those days where I'll cruise right through that, no problem. And then there's those days where it's like 10 o'clock, oh my God, white knuckle, white knuckle, you know? And you start thinking like that and it it drives you a little crazy.
1: I agree. I think the the, the biggest benefit is that it does give you structure, and I, I like how you say. You know, you, I think it's important first and foremost to just pick a time to stop eating at night, because I think a lot of late night eating is a common habit for a lot of people, and it causes issues and cause sleep issues, digestive issues. So, I think if if you're just starting out, pick a time six thirty seven. Probably give yourself a two to th- at least a two to three hour buffer before you go to sleep. And I think that's a good place to start, but it does give you structure, and and yeah, you don't have to go crazy about it. I mean, if there's a day where, you know, you get busy in work or whatever, and you got to eat, and you want to eat a little bit later. You falling off the bad wagon one day, or even even a week, for the most part, as long as you're going to get back on it, is fine.
0: Yeah, and I think the structure is really like where this is made because you know, when I got the aura ring, I don't know if you wear the aura ring or a whoop strap, whatever, but I noticed like the late eating, that's that's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Eating, you know, like I used to eat, I mean, within minutes of going to bed, right? And yeah. not just like a little snack, like a full thing of ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do that, you know, that you, that you save your dessert or whatever. Uh, I was saying in another podcast that it's like, you know, I don't think obese people are obese because they eat too much. I think they're obese people are obese because they eat the wrong stuff at the wrong time. You know, there's obviously a very complicated issue, but I think that is more problematic than just calories in calories out. Um, because it starts to mess with your sleep. When you mess with your sleep, you're not getting all of the detox protocols that happen throughout your body to really work. You're not getting that deep sleep. Your heart rate doesn't go down. It, it, I think there's a lot of cascading effects. And I think intermittent fasting, the the real place where that where it makes its mark is, like you said, getting yourself to stop eating two to three hours before you go to bed. Okay, just doing that alone, that's a game changer. That can yeah. change somebody's whole life right there.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I was just talking with a client and we were. Ta- she was like, do, should I do keto and intermittent fasting or this or that? I go, let's just start with one thing. And starting with one thing, and we started with fasting, she started to put more of a value on what she ate because her window was, was less, you know, her eating window was smaller than having no waiting window and just having this free for all throughout the day. So I think it, there's something to be said, like you mentioned that structure of having a confined eating window and you start to realize, gosh, well this meal. And when I'm done with this meal, I'm going to have to fast for however many hours I might as well make it a good one. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to have something that's junk, you're going to be hungry to an hour later. And, and then, so it, it one good habit leads into another. And I, and that's, it, that's, a, that's a strong thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah this is, th- that's such a great place to, to kind of button things up here. Yeah. um, Brian, this is, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, Thank you. If there's viewers, listeners out there who would like to find you learn more about you, maybe even work with you, where is a good place for people to learn more about you
1: online? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm on social media, Uh, and you can find all that on, at briangrin.com and it has, you know, all my, my courses and challenges and, and social media. So just briangrin.com and that's sort of the hub. And if you, you know, book a short call or whatever you want to do. So, uh, yeah, no, Eric, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, this is a blast and viewer listener, make sure you look for Brian, check out his Instagram, check out his website, work with him if you are interested in this intermittent fasting lifestyle. And for all things holistic nootropics, take uh, take a weekend, do some binging. We have a whole bunch of other interviews on this channel. Check out other holistic nootropics interviews or for more things, holistic nootropics, head on over to holisticnootropics.com. Until next time, everybody be safe out there, take care of each other and peace thanks for listening for more brain boosting info in-depth articles and show notes check out